It's going to switch out here with the microphones, get the other one. Before I get started here, I just wanted to mention uh, we had a lot of fun last night with the karaoke. Uh, I'd like to thank um, Mr. Uh, Mr. Cletus. Actually, it's not Mr. Cletus. Mr. Ken Barton and uh, also our Mr. Brian Gaywith for helping last night. Give them a round of applause. We, we had some really good songs that were sung, but, you know, I was kind of confused. I didn't hear any Carrie Underwood. I don't know if any of you are familiar with Carrie Underwood. Um, she's from Oklahoma, if you didn't know that. So she's an Okie. And her name's Carrie. So I assumed that we'd hear some Carrie, you know, so Carrie Underwood songs, karaoke, you know? Well, that's good to know. That's right. All right, so we'll move on now. Let me grab my glasses so I can see what I'm doing. As we get older, we kind of need these things. Okay, we step out on faith every day. Whether we realize it or not, perhaps you flew here in a plane, and you had the faith of that plane to deliver you here safely. You have the faith that when you turn your faucet on, that it'll produce water. You see the air. Actually, you don't see the air. But if you didn't have that air, you would die. These are all examples of faith. Every year, we exercise our faith by going to the feast. Let's turn now to James 2.18 to further expand on this. James 2.18. But someone will say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith without your works, and I'll show you my faith by my works. You know, some of us have job uncertainties. You may have left without things being settled in your job, maybe up in the air. You may not know if you have a job when you get back. Or perhaps you're a teacher, and your coworkers think, you're crazy. You just started the school year and you're already taken off to go on vacation? What's this all about? These are, you know, situations that's come up in our life. And, um, you know, as the economy worsens, there may be more pools to keep us from the feast. A lot of companies are downsizing. Positions are being eliminated. It's very easy to have uncertainties that turn to fear, regardless God promises to take care of us, to have no worries. We have to step out on faith. God commands us to be here at the feast. We are commanded to observe the feast, to come to the Lord and rejoice. This is the greatest time of year we look forward to. We spend our money that God has commanded us to save on one another and ourselves to our heart's desire. We've been here for five days now. Are we rejoicing? Is everybody having a good time here? Awesome. So we're having a good time. You know, it may be hard to rejoice if you pack the cares of the world in your suitcase that you brought with you. We need to be able to totally surrender our cares to God. Excuse me, I keep getting that feedback there. We need to totally be able to surrender our worries to God if we truly want to experience the peace necessary to be able to let go of our worldly cares and rejoice, rejoice freely before the Lord. Let's also turn now to 1 Peter 5, verses 6 through 8. 
Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time, casting your care upon him, for he cares for you. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Excuse me, devour. I don't feel it's a coincidence that Matt turned to the scripture yesterday and referred to it. You know, in the first part of verse 8, it says, be sober and be vigilant. It does not say be fearful and timid because your adversary, the devil, walks about roaring as a lion, seeking who may devour you. It says to be sober and vigilant. One of the main things that prevents us from completely surrendering all our cares to God is fear. Fear is the opposite of faith. Turn to Matthew 6, 25 now, please. We're going to go through verse 34. Therefore I say unto you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat, what you will drink, nor about your body, what you'll put on it. It is not life more important than food, the body more than clothing. Look at the birds of the air, for they neither sorrow nor reap. Excuse me, they neither sow nor reap, nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not more valuable than they, which of you by worrying can add one cubit to his stature? So why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field. Now they grow, they neither toil nor spin. And yet I say to you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Now God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is thrown into the oven. Will he not more clothe you, O you little faith? Therefore do not worry, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For after all these things the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But seek first the kingdom. And that's what we're doing during the feast. We're learning about the kingdom. And his righteousness. And all these things shall be added to you. Therefore do not worry about tomorrow. For tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. God promises to take care of us. But we have to step out of our comfort zone for him to be able to, to help us. While at the feast, we can't have our minds, how is my job doing, worrying about back at home, are the pets okay, did I leave the oven on? I mean, pretty bad if you left the oven on, but we're not to worry about that. We don't have the time to be concerned about what's going on back at home. It's important to teach our children this as well. They need not to worry about the concerns of what's going on back at home while we're here. God wants our total attention. We are to be content in every state, regardless of what's going on around us. And you know, some feasts can be more challenging than others. Perhaps the place you're staying at isn't quite what you expected it to be. You know, it may, your accommodations may not be what you hoped for. Maybe you might even get sick during the feast. God still expects us to have a right attitude. Only he knows why these challenges are happening. You know, one year, Kim and I were heading to the feast, and some challenges followed us right into the feast. We were only about maybe an hour or so away from our house, and we're driving along up this mountain road, and Samuel says from the back seat, I think I'm going to throw up. And then he did. So we, we pulled over, and by God's mercy, luckily, there was a cool running stream along the road. So we got him down out of the car. We went down to the stream, took his car seat down there. It's when he was about three years old, so 
he's all upset, just drenched, and so we cleaned him all up, cleaned off the car seat, and we proceeded on. You know, we were able to keep going. And I'm not going to go into the gory details, but as the feast continued, it started. The feast was not going well for us. We were just having a lot of uh, trouble, and I forgot to mention there was weeping and gnashing of teeth, of course, when Samuel had all this throw up on him. But like I said, I won't go into too much detail about that. <laughs> so, um, you know, cumulatively as the feast progressed, um, things weren't going so well. But you know, we actually did considering considered going home. The, the feast was going that poorly for us. But you know, life is hard. God didn't say that this present world would be easy to live in, but he expects us to keep moving. He expects us to keep our head up, and he expects us to, to move along. And we need to realize that we need to have him at the helm. In our situation, you know, God was merciful, though. He gave us the extra boost that we needed at the perfect time, and we were able to finish out the feast. He knew we were at our breaking point. And he helped us out. Please turn to 1 Corinthians 10.13. No temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. God is faithful, and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. But with a temptation, he will also provide you with a way of escape that you may be able to endure it. Notice the last phrase, that you may be able to endure it. We don't get off the hook. The trial may not disappear, but through faith in God, he promises that we can endure the trials we face. Sometimes the trials we face don't seem to make any sense. But we have to remember that God has a different perspective than we do. He sees from everlasting to everlasting. And he knows the end from the beginning. Perhaps we have a lesson to learn, or perhaps the lesson is for someone else who is watching. Perhaps it's just time or chance. Or perhaps it is to help prepare us for the kingdom. We simply don't know. But we do know that God says in Jeremiah 29, verse 11, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans for hope and a future. Total faith in God is knowing that ultimately he has our back. He loves us and wants nothing but the best for us. Strengthening our faith means stepping out to uncharted territories. You know, I thought of when Peter walked out on the water to, to Christ. And he was doing fine. And then he started thinking, where am I? What am I doing here? And he started to sink. He was fearful. And he, he started to sink. And... Fear is one of the biggest reasons for not having godly faith. We are, are we living in fear? Ask God to help strengthen our faith and eliminate fear. Pray for protection for your mind and emotions, for that is where actions are born. Sometimes God will make us face our fears in order to overcome them. He may test us to make sure that we have surrendered our fear to him. Have you ever noticed that you may have been able to avoid something that you're afraid of and it just keeps coming back to you? Sooner or later, you end up with it face coming right to you square in the face. Personally, I think that God will cause or allow us to enter into a situation that has a stronghold over us 
something we need to work on through so that we will ultimately choose to turn it over to him and we allow God to help us you know as I was writing this message I looked up on our mantle and my wife has decorated the house really nice and she has these plaques up on the mantle the first one that I looked at said believe you can and you're halfway there halfway you can't get there the rest of the way without God's help. And the next one I saw said pray. I really like that one as well. But the third one I really like, it says peace. And the one that says peace on it, it said it doesn't mean to be in a place where there's no noise, trouble, or hard work, but to be in the midst of it and still be calm in your heart. God makes it possible through living faith Excuse me. God makes all things possible through living faith in Him. Pray for faith. Because as we read in Hebrews 11, 6, please turn there. But without faith it is impossible to please Him. For he who comes to God must believe that He is, and that He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. We need to diligently be seeking One of the rewards of this is found in John 14, verse 25, when Jesus himself told us, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you, but not as the world gives do I give to you. Let your heart, excuse me, let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. In conclusion, especially while we're here at the feast, but also once we return to our daily lives, there's no better words of advice that is given through Paul, who was inspired to say in Philippians chapter 4, verse 4, and also verse 6. And I'm going to go ahead and close with this. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made to God. And the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds through Jesus Christ.